Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 4, Episode 5, Mixed Doubles, in which Daphne's new boyfriend Rodney bears an uncanny resemblance to someone rather familiar. Key, have you ever been to a single spa? <laughs> um, no, I haven't. That's, um, haven't. I, mean, I don't. Do we have proper singles bars in this? I think we probably do, but we wouldn't call them that because there's like there's a shame in in, in kind of being so naked about their their use. I think in society, I think we just call it a bar. Um, yeah, it's weird the idea of a bar where only single people go. Like, just a bar is a free for all in this country. I don't know if they're yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, yeah. this is when I find out like the Green Man is actually like the biggest singles bar in the country. If that is a singles bar, you do not want to go in there. Single. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, but no, I don't think I ever have. Um, but it, as you say, it's possible that I've been in a singles bar and not realised it. So, if, I mean, if you're a single man right now, is this the kind of thing you'd ever consider? If you were like, you know, getting lo- it's cold, it's winter, long and lonely nights, <laughs> you know. Um, oh. Probably oh, not. I don't know. No. I, I just I don't know if I'm the sort of guy who just goes up to a girl at a bar. Like, really? I think you could. Kid. Fascinating. I don't, don't Fascinating. know. Fascinating. <laughs> I think you could hold your own. You know, a man of the theatre. I think you know. It's, it's just it's just another performance, really, isn't it? You know. What if I uh, come into a night's dream to you? Wow. <laughs> Sorry, can I just ask? Is that a villa top you've got on? I've only just noticed the oh, top it's, of it. It's not a villa top. It's just a Luke Roper jacket oh nice i thought it was a villa top um we should say also listeners we had a bit of a usb malfunction before we came on so if key sounds a bit different it's because he's using the old mic from i don't know like episode one to (laughs) 40 maybe 30 yeah we've gone very season one vibes yeah big nostalgia big nostalgia (laughs) um right shall we took ourselves into trivia corner this week yeah yeah let's do it mate excellent so just hopping hopping over to reddit i believe We've been sent the usuals from uh, Hamish and Corey and their gang. So I'll open key with you. Question one from Hammy. Eddie, I believe that question was directed at you, is referring to what question? I do not know the exact question. I feel, is it something to do like, I want to say basketball, like it's a basketball-based question. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eddie, I believe that question was directed at you. Yes, it was basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right. very specific. And I mean, if you've got this, I mean, it's unbelievable. So I'm just going to read the answer to you. What are the Sonics thinking last night? If you're two for 15 from behind the arc, why do you still give it to your two guys instead of jamming it down to your big man in the paint? Exactly. I mean, we were all asking the same question. Well, what is the paint in basketball? Do we think that's like the the middle of the court? Do we think it's inside the... I think from the way that you phrase that, you're jamming it to the big man. It's, a, it's like lumping it into the box in football. Why not just go long? You reckon? Yeah. And it's because they have a philosophy, people. There is a right and a wrong way to play basketball. Okay. <laughs> got to stick to their principles. I'm trying to look. Okay. The paint is literally that like blue square underneath the basket. Um, oh, okay. So you're right in saying like penalty box type yeah, thing. Lump it into the box. Lump it into the box. But um, I mean, it's blue on this particular picture, but it might not be blue on every court. But there you go. Um, so yes, basketball, okay. Question two, what connection with a previous Kelsey Grammar show does this episode have? Oh, I think I have got, I think I've got this because I've got a similar but slightly different question. Mm. Um, I think, is it Cheers? I think there's a Cheers reference in this. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah. is, if it's a question, if, if you say any more, is it going to give away the answer to a question you have? 
Uh, it, it's kind of given away half of the answer, but there's half of the answer that's not given away. So Okay, well, then we won't go any further, so, so it's not to okay. spoil that, but yes, spot on, okay? And finally, from Hammy, according to Frasier, what would look weird? Be specific. Whatever you do, don't engage him in a physical fight. The whole thing would just be too, too weird. <laughs> <laughs> I have question marks over the delivery of that line personally, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, what what specifically would look weird? There, that's the question. Oh, um, what is he saying? Would look weird. But the two of them look fighting each other. Sorry, you just said it, didn't you? In the yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little confused about what. I'm, I, it's early, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I, Niles engaging in a physical fight with Rodney in the vote set. Absolutely yeah. spot on. I just, I heard the quote, and because I, I was thinking of the episode, I was like, oh, he hasn't given his answer yet. He's just having fun. It's just, <laughs> it's just having fun with a quote. Um, but well, there usually you go. when I give my answers, it's all work. No fun. No oh. jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hammy has put that there is a question from Reclia. Um, I think this might be elsewhere. Um, bear with me. Um, I'll try and find it. Um, okay. Um, li- okay. How many times has Niles tried to hug Daphne in this in this episode? I think he tries to hug her once, and Fraser gets there first. Then once, and Martin gets there first, and then once, and Roz gets there first. So I think three. You are spot on, my friend. Three is the magic number. Well played. Well played. Um, from Run for Your Life. What impression does Rodney request his coffee to have? Oh, um, this is just quintessential Rodders. <laughs> I remember hearing him say it and just be like, "Man, you're just like a, a B-Tech version of Niles." What he are you is, doing man. Here? He is um, pound shop Niles. Oh, it's something about a cloud, but I'm not more specific than that. He wants it to give the impression of a cumulus cloud reflected in the still pond. I mean, don't we all? They, I mean, to be honest, it's a gorgeous image. Um, and if I was a barista getting this request, I'd be like, you're a discerning man. I'm going to make this happen to you. <laughs> um, that's, what I, that's what my motto would be. Um, finally, from this particular batch from Niall Crane, in the opening scene, Daphne's wearing a necklace. How many pieces are hanging off of it? The answer three has served me very well over the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to stick to that theme and I'm going to say three because I've got no idea. It's a good guess, Key, but I'm afraid three has let you down at at this point of asking. It's five. Um, What particular is hanging and what the necklace looks like, I do not recall. But uh, there you have it, folks. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember the necklace. Neither do I. uh, As you you say, it's early. You got some some questions for me back there? Uh, Yes. Okay, so... How long did Frasier overrun his turn with the telescope? Overrun his turn. Oh, a lovely question, can I just say? Thank you. Um, do, they, do they say, like, in speech, oh, you've you said that so many seconds ago, or you've had yeah. it for so many seconds? Yeah, your, your turn was over. I'm going to... Oh, I really, really, really don't have anything to go on here. I'm just going to say eight. Eight seconds ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, your turn was over um, over 40 seconds ago. Oh, damn. He's man. just clinging, clinging to that. that oh, mama. <laughs> you know what you're doing? It's not right, don't you? <laughs> so question, good. Question number two. Yep. What were they am- admiring? A, how do you say it? Like a Bracuzzi armchair? Um, um, yeah, I'm giving it to you. That's, I, um, 
I, I can't read my own handwriting very well, but it looks like I've written Brancusi or Brancusi or something like Bran, that. Bran, Bran, Brancusi. I was missing the N. It's a Brancusi armchair. I, yeah. There's maybe a little bit more, like maybe a rare, they say that's a rare, I think. Um, maybe a little bit more, but yeah, that is that is the thing that, in which they are admiring. Okay, and my third and final question. Yes. What TV shows are referenced either directly or indirectly in this episode? Um, one of them will be Cheers because of the ti- because of the title card where everybody knows her name, um, yep. referring to Ross. Um, other TV shows. I have one other. Oh wow! I should get this. Um, this I, this is something I'll really kick myself over. So, um, uh, TV show. Can you possibly give me a clue as to who says it or where uh, or, the, or the scene if that's less specific? It is on meeting Rodney. Flu season. Oh, the Twilight Zone. Yes. The Twilight Zone. I'm gonna call you back. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Oh my god. Nice man. The Twilight Zone is such a freaking good show as well. It is phenomenal. It was so far ahead of its time. But I feel like all the attempts to remake it have failed miserably. Yeah, I've not watched any of the Jordan Peele stuff. I watched one episode and just didn't like it. Um, I just think there's something so quintessentially perfect about the original Rod Sterling black and white Twilight Zone episodes. Honestly. The Twilight Zone. (laughs) I just think of Futurama. It's like you're about to enter an area adjacent to a location. (laughs) The scary scary door. (laughs) (laughs) The scary door. Um... Brilliant. Is that all of your questions, Kate? That is all of my questions, yeah. Gorgeous. Let's move over to MK to see things home. Question one for you. How many times do we hear the word potatoes? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to potatoes. <laughs> okay. Daphne's telling the story about her and Joe, and she's like, he had some potatoes. He said he didn't want the potatoes. I said, do you want my potatoes? And he said, actually, I don't want potatoes. Um, and then I feel like Frazier said something like, can we move away from the potatoes? I've, I'm not sure if I'm now getting this mixed up with a film I watched last night in which potatoes are referenced, but I feel like someone mentions, I think Martin says something on meat and potatoes. And I think that Daphne then reacts by going, potatoes, and gets upset. But I could be confusing that with the film Love Hard last night, in which a vegetarian goes to a meat restaurant and just says she's going to eat potatoes. So, oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, I am going to say... What did I say? Daphne... Um, he said he had potatoes. He, um, he didn't want... We had potatoes. He didn't want potatoes. Often my potatoes. It's not about potatoes. So four for Daphne. Mm-hmm. Then... Frasier says, let's move past the potatoes. She says, we're great... Uh, no, maybe... Martin then says something like, oh, well, maybe, you know, not a meat and potatoes. Something about potatoes. And then I feel like Daphne then says potatoes and gets upset. That's, what, that's seven. I'm just thinking, is there any further references to potatoes? (sighs) I'm going to say seven. We're in an interesting position here, Kay. Yeah, because one, what you just did was frankly fantastic, <laughs> and you have got seven, which is what I have written down here, and all the yeah. instances. But the one I said, "Hello, welcome to potatoes," hasn't been counted. God, yeah. That's... So that, so it's actually eight, eight, and I cannot believe that I am going to put Corey on blast here live on air because he is our, un, you know, 
the eminent quiz master. But I am, if unless I'm completely misreading what Corey's put here, I believe it could be eight. And I believe the welcome to potatoes is the... Uh, hey, given that you actual... gave me the answer beforehand, I should have gotten that. And also, does, <laughs> does Martin say, because he says you've got to Wait. whip them. He says that you've got to whip. Does he say you've got to whip but the does... potatoes? Or does he just say you've got to whip them? Because he comes in, he's not about whipping them. And I remember I watched this episode with Shaw yesterday. She's like, you don't whip potatoes. It's like, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't. It's just one of those weird. weird <laughs> That's like, honey, you go out of bed. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, there's also a part of me now that's thinking, that does, does Martin say potatoes again? I don't know. Have I missed a potato out? Is it actually nine or ten? It, I think there could be a couple of extra potatoes, to quote Samwise Gamgee. Um that maybe I've slipped through the cracks here, but you said seven, seven slots written down here, so you still have a point in my eyes. But, um, oh, that's absolutely not correct. Right? But the jury's out, people. Let us know where do you stand on the potato debacle. Um, I mean, there is a, I, I, oh, yeah, I'm really tempted to go through and find out. Um, okay, yeah, let's see. Let's, we'll, we'll come back, see if are yeah, you well, team seven or eight, or do you think there's more? Do you think there's more? And tell us what your favourite variety of potato is, is key. I'm going to open this up to you. Roast, boiled, mash. I'm also going to include chips. Okay. I am going oh, That's a tough one. Okay. Um, not boiled. Boiled's out. I think very few people would, would say boiled. Um, also, I'm just going to throw it out there. Jacket potato would also be out. I don't get jacket potatoes. I also, that would be down there for uh, me. Uh... I once had... Uh, I was at like a, an event um, and... They serve jacket potato for lunch every day. So it's three days on the bounce oh, of jacket God. potato for lunch. And since then, I've not... And that was over... best part of two years ago, I've not had a jacket potato since because I just remember looking at it on the third day and be like, I don't know if I can do this. I yeah, no, if... I'm with you. Like Even the thought of that is giving me yeah. like the ick. I mean, it's a fairly heavy substance. You know, They're very, it, very dense, man. Like, it's so, just a big ball of stodge. Yeah. Okay, um, so they're out. They're out. Um, so the options are between, what is it, roast, mash, and... Chips. Chips. Okay, bit of a controversial one. I'm going to put chips third. Not controversial at all. I like because it. Because I feel that they're generally overused. Mm-hmm. People are just like, oh, yeah, we'll have some chips on the side. But, you know, chips don't go with everything, people. Okay? Yeah, they don't. And but... a lot of chips aren't that great. That's true. Like, it's it's easy to a, get bad chips. Chips from a chip shop, lovely. But, you know, you just get a bag of frozen chips and you are in for a mixed bag. Unless you're getting the beef dripping triple cooked chips from Morrison slash Aldi. Oh. They're good. Oh my god! I mean, right. they're like pub level. Anyway, mash. <laughs> okay, so between mash and and a, and a roast potato, um, see, I really love. I mean, mash is my consistent one. I'm often having mash with things, but a lot of mash will put me off. Like if if I've got a, like a whole plate of mash, that's a lot. But I mean, that, that is a lot of mash. <laughs> um, roast potatoes i can never have enough of roast potatoes i went for a carvery last week and had a good five or six roast potatoes are you a lot unlimited but they're allowed a carvery or what yeah it was unlimited oh so i just kept God. getting more roast potatoes Christ. um to the stage where all you can eat place they were like um yeah we actually need this table so maybe you guys can leave because wow. you just keep eating more please um, um <laughs> so <laughs> roast potatoes number one is a short and well i I can't say short answer because that was a very long answer, but I mean it was a wonderful digression. I mean, I would personally very basic. It goes chips at the top for me, mash, roast, 
interesting because you 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 made out to me like, oh, that's not controversial at all, mate, to have chips in third. And I thought you'd be like, oh yeah, chips in the on the road. But yeah, but that's because I'm open minded and not shot against me. <laughs> I, would, I would never, I would never be like, what chips there? You're, you're wrong, mate. But I'm not going to judge you for it. That's... I would, I would never do that. Um, question two, key. When was the last time Fraser told Niles, I suppose you know what you're doing? I think I know this. I think um, is it when Niles was like jumping out of a treehouse with an umbrella, like Mary Poppins style. Yes, he was. I wonder how how that would actually work if you had like badly. enough. It would curvature. work badly. I don't know. You know, I reckon Unless enough. Unless you're high enough up to get the wind resistance. Mm, maybe. I mean, and I feel like you're just jumping from like eight foot. That's not doing anything. You're just down. You know, Why don't you put it to the test or escape live on air? I'm uh, the person doubting it. It's the person <laughs> who believes in it. Who should be doing it? Listen, <laughs> co-host duties. That's what you got to do. Um, question three, Gate. When Niles attempts to attack Fraser in the kitchen, what two items does he pick up as a weapon? See, now the problem with this is I know they're both at wooden, and but the problem is is that I'm not well acquainted enough with different implements that I can correctly and confidently identify them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say one is just like a wooden spoon. Okay. And the other, I'm just trying to think of what I've got in my kitchen. Um, a wooden spatula. So a wooden spoon and a wooden spatula. Can you get wooden spatulas, I think? I use a wooden spatula. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah. a wooden spoon and a wooden spatula because they both look fairly similar to me. So I'm going to go with that. Sorry. Yeah. No, is that a spatula? I'm trying to think what the thing I... What I would call that. Wood, I've got spatula on here, Kate. But okay. the other one is the first thing he picks up, which is a whisk. Um, and not and Corey says that KACL have it down as a knife, though I but he says my eyes sorry it's a whisk. And I'm with Corey because I did pay attention last night and I was certain it was a whisk. I was certain it was a spoon. Can we throw a spoon into the occasion? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of ambiguity going on here. So, you know, who's to say? But uh Two two v one here in, in favor of whisk, um, but you know a, a valiant effort there, Key. Um, you know you're doing pretty well here, generally speaking. You got about two and a half out of three there. Uh, question from Mrs. Guzman Crane: List yes. every wife of Henry the Eighth named in this episode. A bonus for naming all the rest. I am devastated that I don't get to answer this question. Um, can I ask first how many wives were named in the episode? Can you give me that as a clue? <sighs> I can name all the wives of Henry VIII, so I could just name them all. But I know um, you could. That's um, the first point of call. The fact that you know them all, which yeah. is the bonus and is probably more impressive, yeah. um, is I want you to. I'm not going to tally, and I want okay. you to discern. I definitely remember Niles going Catherine of Aragon. Aragon. Um, <laughs> um, I think Fraser says Anne Boleyn as well. Anne Boleyn. Um, <laughs> I can't recall off the top of my head if any others are set in the episode, but the other wives are Anne of Cleves. Is it Catherine? It's another Catherine, isn't it? I want to say, is it Catherine Howard, I think? That is one. Yeah. Am I missing any? Um, Sorry, there was a a slight delay in lag. So you said, so I I heard from you, Catherine of Aragon, Anne Boleyn, Anne of Cleves, Catherine Howard. Yeah. Who were the others you said? Uh, I said Jane Seymour. I don't Jane, think you said that one. Jane Seymour. That's um, five. So I've forgotten now what I said. Okay, Anne of Cleves. Yeah. Jane Seymour. Yeah. Catherine Parr. 
Catherine Parr, didn't you? Oh, okay. You've got them all. You've got them all. Um, So, and you know, you heard Catherine of Aragon and you heard Anne Boleyn in the episode. Question is, is that your answer or are you going to take a plump to some others? I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember hearing another Catherine. So, I don't think Howard and Parr definitely weren't mentioned, I don't think. Um, No, I'm going to say just they just named two in the episode. I'm so sorry to say this. Kid. Oh no! It's three. Is it Par? It's, par- it's Anne of Cleves. Is the is the one he's just received to complete his set at the beginning of the episode? Oh um, god! Yeah. That's when he first mentions these. Um, but I mean, I love these. This as an idea, this mug set, and I want to talk about that a little bit later. Finally, for trivia corner this week, I feel like this has been a very long trivia corner, <laughs> mostly because I asked you about your potato rankings. Um, what character is Martin missing from his juice glass set? <laughs> um, the unbelievable, un- undefinable Wilma Flintstone. Wilma Flintstone, I absolutely I, spot on. I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show Red Dwarf, but there's an episode when they're talking about just how beautiful Wilma Flintstone is. No. Um, and they're like, oh, she's so desirable. She's phenomenal. Um, and then, what do you think of Betty? Betty Rebel? Well, I haven't gone with Betty, but I'd be thinking of Wilma. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I've just, I've just, I didn't even realize what Wilma looked like. And, and then, like, literally, they're sitting there going, "What are we talking about? Three in the morning, talking about Wilma Flintstone." She'll never leave Fred, and we know it. <laughs> <laughs> Wilma Flintstone is spot on, Key, for Martin's Juice Glass set. Thank you, everyone, that sent in questions this week, as always. And, Key, thank you for your questions for me. Um, I can't even remember the questions you asked me. Oh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the TV one, the TV references. Oh, that's vicious, mate. That's vicious. No, no, it's because my, my mind is so, like, absolutely just out, out, of the, uh, out of the loop at the moment. Um, shall we hop into the review? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Excellent. The uh, animation watch this week, Key. I think it was lightning. Yes, it was. Do you get triggered like I do, that it doesn't strike the Space Needle, but it strikes the other building with a I, lightning rod on it? I did notice it this mm. time, yeah. You know, I, would, what, just, I wouldn't go as far uh, as to say triggered, but no. I, did, I was aware of it. When I say triggered, I mean I was literally had an armed gun at the TV. Like, <laughs> you do that again, I'm, I'm firing. <laughs> this show ain't no good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we open with them at the telescope, um, which, you know, we has, does not get much use. Um, yeah, I genuinely thought we'd gone back to, like, season one. Uh, I yeah. thought I'd put in the wrong disc or something. I was ready for a terrible camera angle of Eileen or whatever her name was in the, in the, in the doorway. Um, but they're looking at the very rare Brancusi armchair. Just a fantastic switch and bait here, if you think they're admiring a woman. Um, and Martin's complete disappointment with them that that's not what they're doing. Like, he'd rather they were perving on someone in well, the given that He gave them stick last time. I know, yeah. Woman. Like, the inconsistency yeah. from Martin here. Few inconsistencies here in the uh, in the naked city. Um, Daphne comes back with her her potato heavy story. Yeah, Joe, old loverman, leave him. Joe has oh, loved and left, um, and he's called things off with Daphne. Just oh, yeah. a little bit of a WTF here. Um, this comes out of nowhere. This is this was just to facilitate the plot it, of this episode. It is a bit weird. Right? It's basically like you're sitting there going, "Oh, were they were they dating?" Oh, I've yeah. forgotten about that. Oh, they were they were um, on and off because I didn't even know they were, you know, yeah. ever either of those things. And it's a shame because Joe could have been beautiful. Okay. I wanted to see more Joe. I wanted I, to see more shirts being worn as jackets. Um, you know, it just I miss Joe. I really do. I'm gonna be honest, this episode doesn't have the emotional bearing that it could have had mm. we gotten properly invested in Joe and Daphne. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, there's just there's not enough meat for us to have chewed over. Exactly. To feel any kind of sadness. Okay. This is all. This is all carb, man. <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, and I like Frasier very much. Want to hasten to the post potato portion of the dialogue, um, which is a phenomenal line of delivery from Kelsey. Um, Daphne, actually, you know, some some of her deliveries here are quite sad, and like I was. You know, and she's like, he was the best thing in my life. <laughs> the, way she, the way she really gets her mouth around that line. Um, it is a little bit sad. I do feel for her. I, mean, you know, I think my Daphne bashing sometimes, people might think I take a perverse pleasure in, in this, this scene, but um, that's certainly not how I felt. Um, Roz knows instantly, because when she opens the door, oh, no, you got dumped. Um, you made her open before. the door? That's what <laughs> yeah. she does. That's what she does. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an underrated line. Um, also, I don't love Martin's like somebody comfort her. Like she's just started crying. She's like half a second later, somebody comfort her. Get in, get in. Somebody get that money Cristo in here. Honestly, um, he went with the speed of a dinner lady when he just starts raining. Everyone get in. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I think Fraser and I was gonna be slightly forgiven. Um, you know, they're not they're not big huggers. Um, so it, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. Um, Nas now tells Frazier when, when Roz and Daphne vacate the room, um, that he's going to tell Daphne how he feels. This is very big. Like yeah. if you're a first time watcher of the show, this is your first pass through the series. This is a big moment. It is a really big moment. And I feel like it comes a little bit out of nowhere. Oh, I couldn't agree more. To be there honest. is no real build up to it. And in the last few weeks, it seemed like, she, I mean, obviously we had the two Mrs. Cranes, but generally speaking, I don't think we've seen anywhere near as much hair sniffing and creepy <laughs> behaviour. That yeah, we've thank seen. God, I mean, it has to be said, thank God. <laughs> In the first few seasons. So the idea that he's suddenly then going to tell her now, um, it just sort of comes a little bit out of the blue. I'm a little bit surprised by it. I am also too, um, but I, I like, I mean, David Hyde Pierce is physical, physical acting at this point. Like he's nervous, he's shaking. Yeah. Exactly how's the brandy getting him? I said Bernard. I love that line. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, one of the best. Um, it is his kind of shaking and stuff. It is phenomenal. But I, I'm with you in that this this does feel like it comes out yeah. of nowhere a little bit. Also um, love Roz's line. Oh, if the jewelry wasn't that good and the sex wasn't that good, one of you really last year. <laughs> one of you really last year. <laughs> so, so good. Jewelry and sex. Listeners, are they your ultimate measures of relationship? Let us know. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pursue to ask Keen questions. <laughs> um, you know me, I, unless you're getting me jewelry, this isn't lasting. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care how good the sex is. Yeah. <laughs> I want a pearl necklace every week. No, no sexual innuendo there. Um David, yeah, Pavarotti's Pagliacci's is mentioned now because um, Frasier's on about... Uh, he gets asked the question about the uh, the basketball, the Sonics. He's like, you've got your man in the paint, I've got mine. Um, Pagliacci, am I right in thinking he's like, it's like the clown? Um, it's like spout like Pagliacci. I think it's like an opera about like a sad clown or something. Um, oh, that's really deep. Yeah. Yes, it I, is. Um, talking of opera, I watched the film on Netflix last night, uh, Falling for Figaro. Oh, you have not heard of that? Which is about someone who wants to be an opera singer. and Falling for Figaro, you say? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was a little disappointed in it. and It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Um, so it's a little rom-com. Yeah. Joanna Lumley. <laughs> yeah, Joanna Lumley. Christ. Wait, was that Joanna Lumley? Yeah. I thought it was Jennifer Saunders. Oh, I always get the two of them confused. 
I went all the way through that film. I was just telling Shad, oh, he's in Jennifer Saunders. Great. Oh, she's a legend. Honestly. So Niles arrives with flowers now, um, hoping to maybe score some points with the. Well, what with do you Daphne. think of the, the flowers? I, they, they look a little bit petrol station, eh? They, I got like the vibe of um, he was doing like a cheap magician's act and he just pulled out the hat. Does look like that, doesn't it? I mean, I don't want to disparage petrol station flowers because let's be honest, whenever you buy a bunch of flowers to someone, 90% of the time you're going to get supermarket or petrol station flowers. You're not going to go to a florist and get them. Um, no. That's for very special occasions, if at all. Um, you know, no offense to our significant others. Um, but, uh, you know, like, so I, 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 I've done this. In Aldi sell very cheap bouquets of flowers and they're, they're pretty nice. So yeah, I go to the Tesco by work if I'm on the way back. That's oh, I love that. Oh, Look at this, get a little insight. Oh, you just shower, shower of gifts. Uh, no, that's absolutely not true. Oh, one of the reasons I hate getting flowers though is because when you're holding flowers, I feel like men feel obliged to make comment. Like the amount of time I'm holding flowers on the bus now, oh, what did you do wrong? Right. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to have this conversation. Leave me alone. That's so time. it's so patriarchal. It's <laughs> terrible, man. It's awful. Maybe you're just a very loving man, Kay. And yes. <laughs> Maybe you did something wrong as well, but those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Um, okay, when Martin does the whole like Daphne, Daphne, like it's Daphne, yeah. and he screws it. He says, "I've been waiting thirty years to do that." What? I don't. What? Get, what does that mean? Uh, I don't really understand because surely he has shouted people before. I mean, I don't understand. What's the I, significance of thirty years? Unless I don't know. Maybe unless no, because he. It's not been thirty years since Fraser and Niles like moved out, and he's been on his own. So no, it's not. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand really. I, I didn't. I didn't get the joke. This doesn't land at all for me. Also, I really find it really annoying. Um, I understand. Yeah. I understand the joke. Like I understand. Like you know, it, it, it's just basically saying, "Why don't you go and look, Fraser?" Instead of just being an ass. But. Yeah. I don't know. I just hate when people shout on this show. The show's like so placid and serene. Like it's not. It's not Seinfeld. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to fall asleep, mate. Okay, don't be yelling exactly, while I'm sleeping. You know? And then suddenly it's like Kramer just bursts into the apartment. <laughs> and um, the sure thing gets mentioned now, which I think is frankly one a terrible name for a bar. Um, I mean, yeah. it's funny in the context it, of this. I would never go to one with that name. But. Is it actually called the sure thing, or is that just what not, uh, what Ros calls it? That is a very that's a great point because I I have a I have a later point because Rodney calls it Granville's. He says we're meeting I'm meeting a Daphne for yes. drinks at Granville. Oh my god, yeah, he does, and yes, and then and then I was Granville. thinking so Granville's is just the same set design as the sure thing. Granville's is the sure thing. It's just a yeah. nickname Ross has given it. That's far better because the sure thing does sound like a strip club. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad that's not. I just feel like name. Luke Shaw has just opened up a chain of restaurants. So that's <laughs> what he's calling it. The sure thing. Um, Ross getting slut shamed by Fraser here, you know, as per kind of par for the course here. It's a, it's a funny joke. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, he's just doing what he always does. Um, we then get the title card where everybody knows her name and we see the sure thing. This is the same set design as when they sing Goldfinger, isn't it? It's the same bar. Yeah, I think so, um, yeah. I can't even remember what episode that is. Um, honestly, like, if you put a gun to my head and gave me 10 shots, I don't think I'd be able to pick which episode this is. Um, oh, I'm trying yeah, to think. I'm, what I'm I feel like I'm very off the game today, so that's Ooh. what I'm struggling. Um, is it the one where maybe he breaks up with Sherry? Are they, is that why he's in the bar? Because he's sad? Um, Frasier Goldfinger. 
2001. So that would oh, it's shut out in Seattle. Is part season two, six I think. season six, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. The penultimate of season six. Um. So there you go. So we got quite a while from that, but uh, we'll get there eventually. Um. Ross now when he's like, I've got um. Well, Niall says I'm shaking. I'm I'm so nervous I could wet myself. Um. Good opening I, line. Yeah, good opening line. Uh, you might as well show up here with a sore on your lip and a couple of kids. Um, one of Ross's best ever lines, I think, here, just like so disparaging about, you know, just don't anything you can do to not harm your chances in this place, you know, is sacred. Um, so, you know, just how, just how would you fancy your chances in the sure thing? You know, we said you wouldn't really go to one. It's not really yeah. your thing. But I think, you know, if you were Niles and you were pushed into the water like one of Ross's ducklings, yeah. you know, do you think you'd be able to? Come up swimming. I think you would. I don't know. I don't know if I'm. I don't know. I feel like I'll be throwing in phrases like milieu. And milieu. I, yeah. Um, but that said, Niles doesn't seem to have to do much to to be successful in in getting like a second date with Adele. Adele doesn't even mind either that he's putting the moves on her when she's barely settled at the bar. She has literally just arrived at the bar. She's putting her handbag down. And then, bam, really? Two hours? Oh, I'm not. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, So, you know, she's she's gay. She's up for it. But, um, you know, I think Niles has got particularly lucky there because Adele is very attractive but also very, you know, welcoming of his his advances um, so soon after arriving. Adele quite clearly has a type. Mm. That is very true. That type um, is and, Niles. And not to attack Rodney, but I mean, if you if you're into that type, Niles is a lot better than Rodney. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on Rodney at all. I, to be honest, no, I'm not. I think Rodney's a bit of a slime bag. Um, you know, I think he needs to be taken into the car park and beaten with a few lead pipes. <laughs> <laughs> God, <laughs> we'll just. <laughs> Ratcheted this up a lot. Uh, joking, of course. Children, if you're listening, violence is never the answer. I know we do have some jury listening. Um, in fact, listen, we have a listener mail this week, which is just absolutely beautiful, which we'll get to. Um, Frasier's antique mugs, um, I mentioned now back at the apartment. I actually saw once some Christmas decorations, mm. and it was the six baubles of Henry VIII's wives. Um, I just there's just something about Henry the Eighth, man. He was the ultimate like rock god king. This, you know, he's just this, <laughs> just a celebrity, celebrity king. He's just so. Just, he's, he's, just, he's the he's, only one anyone remembers, basically. He's That's a piece of shit, but I mean, like, imagine, like, Anne Boleyn. We've talked about Anne Boleyn. What a bad bee. Imagine being like, imagine just fancying a woman so much, you she like start a new church. You know, you found a new religion because you're that hot for this woman. Um, and Anne Boleyn just walked around with a necklace with a B on it. Like, that's me. I'm Boleyn. <laughs> you know, so I think, you know, I think she she gets, I think she should have been beheaded personally. She doesn't get her due. Oh, but, um, God. I've been to the Tower of London where that, where that sad event took place. <laughs> you made that sound like you said I witnessed it, actually, when it took place. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. It, it, it happened there. Uh, yes, yeah, I was so... I was there the day off um, <laughs> when poor Anne and her body parted ways. Uh, <laughs> um, I forgot that you actually see the mugs. You sweat. You ain't afraid of making his tea. You, you see... Do see mugs. Yeah, yeah. And... You see the mugs sit on the tray, and they do but, have portraits on. But you can't work out which one is which. No, you can't. And I wonder if they actually are that, or they're just portraits that you know they I... find six mugs. I think they they are actually. Henry VIII's wife. Oh, I think you're probably right. Imagine if you could get that as a prop, like from the show. Imagine buying them. 
Well, I bet you can just buy mugs of Henry VIII's wives. Oh, you could. I mean, imagine owning those ones. You know, specifically those. I want those ones. We like we have friends like Preston and stuff, like people that listen to this podcast that collect rare Frasier memorabilia and props yeah. and things and stuff that's on the set. I mean, that that set would be oh, pretty expensive, I reckon. Um, pretty, pretty neat indeed. Um, so at this point, we should say that that um Rodney has arrived. Daphne's showed her Rodney and Nars shake hands. Um, flu season. Can't be too careful. Obviously, so they, I mean, that is really prevalent these days, isn't it? It is, man. It is flu season. I'm, I'm with them. Um, so they're, they're, they're kind of wiping their hands. Uh, Martin gets a call from Duke. He can't talk right now. He's in the Twilight Zone. Um, just a lot of a lot of interesting stuff happening right here. But it's not as good as the two Mrs. Cranes in terms of like, no. Let's have everyone in the apartment farcing it up in a relationship kind of thing. It's not as good as the two Mrs. Crane's. No, and I don't think it just for me it doesn't work quite as well, just because obviously we're watching Rodney as this like imitation of Niles. Yeah. It's just not as good. That's the problem. Is that he's not on the same and you know, all due respect to he's not on the same level as David Hyde Pierce. No, like on on what you mean like on an acting level. Yeah. No, I agree. He's quite stilted. Yeah. Um, um yeah. I feel like he hams it up a bit too much in places. He's a bit too, I don't know. It, it's not quite Niles. And I, I mean, I appreciate he is not meant to, but well, for our, for our purposes, he's meant to be a knockoff of Niles, but in the show itself, you're not necessarily, they don't have to do everything the same, but um, yeah, it doesn't quite work for me, his character. It's just a really hard setup, I think, to try and yeah. get someone to like, you know, imitate david Hyde pierce etc um but like I, i'm with you and i think a lot of my misgivings come from exactly what you've just said um interestingly there's a, there's a good um podcast i think it's called rules of three it's like a comedy podcast um like british comedians talk about um kind of like iconic episodes of tv and, and kind of just comic moments in in kind of british and american stuff mostly um and yet jim miles jupp yes i do know miles jupp yeah yeah, he's he's on a lot of things. Not Daddy Jack's, uh, he's on radio. But yeah, not personally. I've seen I've seen him in like a few. I think he's been on like quite a few of like the you know like the quizzes and the panels. He's shows. always on panels and things. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, they got him on, and he spoke about this episode, um, mixed doubles in particular, and just said like he thinks this is like a master fast comic episode, and he spoke about it very well. But I think you know we're obviously like Frasier nerds. We spend a lot more yeah. time than Miles Jupp kind of passing it. Not to say he's wrong. Just we spend a lot more time watching the show. I'm not saying he's it. wrong, but does he have a Frasier podcast? <laughs> I don't think so. Get to know Miles. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, we would say that this, you know, isn't, isn't God tier in terms of farce episodes. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, some of the, some of the things he loved are the things we love. You know, like Anne of Clo- Anne Boleyn, Catherine of Anagon. Like he said I that love, delivery of that. Love Nas's delivery of that. It's Honestly, so it's, it's so, so good. Quintessentially David High Pierce. It's just it perfect. Is. That as well, along with I want to kill myself when he's like <laughs> when he leaves um, when he leaves the kitchen after after his insane um, cumulus cloud reflected in the store pond tea order. Um, 
but yeah so this this whole setup you know we don't really get much of a dal here it, it, it's hard for me to believe that Adal and rodney actually had any time to connect in this scene because they're all in the apartment for like three minutes um you know. just met eyes across a crowd and really even know that they're meant to be together Adal just loves to just fall in, in with men that she's spoken to for like a minute or <laughs> pretty two. much yeah honestly you know not to not to shame her in any way you know if it works for you Adele, then godspeed um Back at the back at Novosa now, Niles you know starts reflecting on um the fact that maybe he needs to move on. Um, maybe you know Adele is a is a good thing for him, or at least Frazier makes him see that because he's struggling a little bit. Um, and he's like, you know what, thank you, Frazier. And he's like, Niles, you know, look. And then we see we see um Rodney and, and, and Adele just really noodling. Brilliant line from Niles like the betrayal. No one treats Daphne like that. And also, that, I mean, that's so funny. Right? Isn't that also just so beautiful? He doesn't yeah. give a shit that he's been cheated on. Yeah, He, he just cares that Daphne's... Yeah, I mean, just it's an amazing yeah. line. Miles is very sweet in this episode, actually, I think. He's, yeah, he and we'll is. get to it in a little bit, but he is, I think, very sweet. And he shows genuine effect. Like, it's just... It's not creepy affection. It's genuine affection towards Daphne in this episode. Yeah, like finally, we're like he's she's not just like an object of his weird kind of fantasies anymore. Like she's someone yeah. he like possibly loves. Um, and I just think you know, yeah, I complete completely with you. And as you say, in the kind of denouement of this episode, we have some amazing Nars and Daphne moments. Um, oh, something you ludicrous pop in jail. Say stop it, or oh shut up, or um, oh spare me, you ludicrous spare pop me, in jail. you ludicrous pop in jail. Which I mean, I had to put in capitals because, of course, one of our longtime listeners, yeah. um, and you know, who's, who's someone who's donated multiple times to the podcast, ludicrous pop in jail. Um, just a wonderful, a wonderful member of this community. So shout out to you, good sir. Uh, coffee count, I believe, is one hundred and eleven we're up to now and i've only got that niles was having a coffee in the scene and that fraser wasn't that's reliably passed on to me from steve um i wasn't paying attention were you okay um if anyone wants to dispute this they can but i mean we defer to mr mutum's judgment here yeah i mean um, certainly fraser sits down but i don't think he ever goes as far as to get a coffee i don't think so makes, it very sense. well be one yeah um so we find out now that rodney's going to be meeting daphne at granville's this is going to have the whole big, like, what the hell is Granville's? Is that the sure thing? Um, but now we know. Um, I love before Frasier leaves. Look, yeah. Rodney, did you ever have an older brother? I mean, Key, talk us through Rodney's older brother. Oh, he's always he's the pride of the family, isn't he? Handsome, successful, brilliant. I've always been rather jealous of him, actually. And so am I, Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> um, absolutely incredible delivery from Galsy there. Just I love that so much. And you just see kind of Adele and Rodney kind of in the background looking at each other to say, well, that was strange. Um, it's a weird family. What's going on here? Yeah, what, what, what was happening here? Um, we're now opening Granville's. Um, Nars has gone to meet Daphne there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to tell her, tell her the bad news. Um, talk us through this scene, okay? Because some beautiful moments here. First thing, Rodney just told her over the phone in the end. That's how he Oh my god, I missed that. Yeah, she called she was running late, so she called Rodney to see where he was, where you know, to let him know. And he told her everything over the phone. Rodney's an absolute weapon, isn't he, mate? What what a menace. What a ludicrous poppinger. Honestly, a puffed up little poppinger. Oh. Honestly, I hate that. Anyway, carry on. But then there's a the both both have the beautiful moment of, you know, sort of Bad mouthing. I don't like he, this road we're on. <laughs> he must not be named, shall we say? Yeah. Um, 
obviously Niles realises that some of those could be quite easily applied to him. So diverts off that road into looking forward to the future. Daphne has this weird bit where she says, you know, if, if we just met him for the first time, what would you say to me? I mean, is she inviting him there to flirt with her? I think Daphne's so oblivious to it, but the way she looks at him in some of these scenes, yeah. I think the writers have, have, or like the directors have basically told Daphne, it, it's really hard for me to, I don't know, like, because the, the looks and the delivery of some of these lines, it's, it's intimating that Daphne has some kind of romantic feeling or is like maybe in the, in the vibe right now. And I don't think she is at all in her mindset. But they're doing this as to kind of tease the the audience. Obviously, like at this point, we're four seasons in, and they're not getting it on. Is anything yeah. ever actually going to happen at this point? Um, yeah, how did you kind of take it? I don't know. I just feel like um, if if someone said to me, if someone sat down next to me and said, "Oh, well, if you're going to chat me up, go," what would you say? What would you like? I find it a mm-hmm. bit like, okay, do you you want you want me to flirt with you? I don't understand what's. Yeah, yeah. If, um, you, if you were gonna sext me, what would you say? Like, it's just, yeah. it's like you know, <laughs> just a little yeah. bit much. Um, Daphne says men can be such an unfeeling lot. How would you key describe yourself on a scale of one to ten? Zero being completely unfeeling, and ten being like you know, Diana Troy empath from Star Trek: The Next Generation. You know, um, I would say that if you're not obviously upset i could miss it if someone's just a little bit quiet and i don't know you that well i wouldn't necessarily pick up on the fact you're upset Mm -hmm. but if i know you're upset then i would be feeling you'd be feeling you (laughs) i realized i realized a bad thing was happening to that sentence (laughs) you should have Um, to try the breadcrumbs (laughs) but yeah basically if, if you cry in front of me i will just um start apologizing regardless of whether it's me that's caused you to cry or not Mm. and that's, that's man you trick. Are. Any, anyone out there if someone just starts crying just hold out long enough because eventually you can get whatever you want because if someone's crying in front of me it'll start by saying are you okay mm. then i'll say i'm sorry um are we okay <laughs> do you want to get married <laughs> like just, it'll just keep escalating again <laughs> keep holding out you'll get whatever you want basically that's what i'm saying that i can't are. i can't deal with crying people very well man is shan listening to this because this, <laughs> this is gold when she stopped listening in season one so oh, that's sad. really sad man <laughs> she was really on board in the early days yeah um but yeah i don't blame her for not wanting to listen to this <laughs> um I mean, yeah i mean i it kind of sounds like i'm just like blowing smoke up my own ass but i think i'm probably like nine or ten on terms of the feeling scale i think i'm i'm too it sometimes yeah. to the point where like i'm second guessing how people feel and maybe i'm kind of miss See, I, I have because I am sometimes quite quiet. Mm. People go, you, to be you're quiet. What's the matter with you? Is everything okay? And I'm like, no, I'm just quiet today. I don't want to talk. That's it. Like, that's exactly like me. Um, and to be fair, Charles is like that too. Um, sometimes I just don't have anything to say, you know. Yeah. And that's I'm not that interesting a person, people. <laughs> that's not true. Don't you dare. Don't you dare say that to me. Um, um probably but, sorry, you carry on. No, no, you you go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say probably the most romantic line. Yeah, from probably. the end, I would say from the entire show, one what, of my oh my absolute favorite little bits from a sitcom is this last bit. Yeah, so I would say my your name is Daphne, and I would say my name is Nars, and yeah. I would say is the seat taken, and you would say go ahead, or oh, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and then I would say, what are you doing for the rest of your life? Yeah, I mean that is and beautiful. His delivery of when he says, "I love you too, Daphne." 
man just melts my heart i just got like an asmr like shiver when you said that then just thinking about it like because he's just she says i love you dr crane and he's like i love you daphne and he's just i love you too Daphne. it's just so raw and it's just so it's just so real and genuine i think and i think what niles is saying that moment is he loves her irrespective whether he's dating her whether he's not he just genuinely loves her yeah yeah really beautiful Love is blind, and I think this is just a perfect example of that. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of love he's referring to, as you say. Um, just a beautiful ending, I think. Yeah. A, a, a decent episode, some funny moments, quite iconic in the canon. You know, not necessarily like God tier, but end last five minutes. It's another level, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it's... ridiculously good. Like Nas, I... Nas and Daphne have very few moments that top this. As I was watching this, I was getting to the last scene. I was like, thank you. I don't, this is not as good as I remember. Like, I remember this being like a really, really strong episode. Like, it's okay. And then, then the last scene happened. And you're like, oh, that's why I like it. That's, yeah. You know, it's just, it's such a beautiful, beautiful scene between the two of them. So much rich character development in five minutes. I mean, yeah. you know, that's just writing done perfectly. Um, is this episode in your top 10, Key? It is not in my top 10, but mm-hmm. I do love, love, love the last scene. It's not in mine either. I have a feeling um, season four is very strong, so I'm not going to say it's going to definitely be top tier, um, but it will be pushing around, I think. Um, you know, that, <laughs> It'll that's... be somewhere in the first 24. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, because this is, a, this is a ludicrously strong season. This is a ludicrous pop and jay. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. Best actor pick, Key. I have a feeling I might know who you've gone for. Tell me. Do you want, do you want to guess? Niles. It's, it is Niles, yeah. It is Niles. It well, is I'm just going to, before before I, I've also gone for Niles, and I'll let you justify what I've also gone for. I just think that he's so, so raw and vulnerable and genuine, and particularly the last scene, even if he had not been in the rest of the episode, the delivery of I love you, Daphne, would have yeah. been enough to get him best actor pick for me. It's just so beautifully done. You get the comedic bits earlier on with, you know, Catherine of Aragon. Um, Amazing. You everything the physical comedy when he's in the kitchen and he's trying to get it not at Frasier um and I don't think generally speaking I mean Daphne's quite strong she's a close second place but beyond that I don't think actually many of the others really stand up to have enough to do to really justify being even in the same conversation as Niles in this episode um I think he's a really obvious choice for it because everything he does just works so so well Absolutely spot on, Key. I don't need to say any more. I've also put Nars. Have you added that tally? Do you have? I, I, it was a tally. And then when we get to, I think, the halfway stage of the season, I'll do like a recap and then just do it like that rather than every few episodes. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, Kendy Burling, Key, what would he make of this episode, please? And what's the name of his favourite singles bar? And I'll tell you right, everyone goes to Kennedy's Boom Boom Room. Oh my god, <laughs> Kennedy's Boom Boom Room, where Boom Boom is guaranteed. <laughs> it's right, I'm just thinking of Friday going, Bumson. <laughs> tell me, what's the vibe? Is it disco music? Is it, you know, you can only get in after one in the morning? What's the vibe? Um, I, I feel that it's very exclusive. Mm. Like, you have to go to Princeton to get mm. it. Like you that. have to go to prison to get in. Like, <laughs> but that's gee, this is hardcore. Oh my God. You have to be basically Kennedy hand selects who he deems worthy to come in. Yeah. Whether you're in, whether you're known or not. Kennedy knows everyone. He's like Santa. Okay. Nice. So he knows if you're good enough to get in that door. 
He knows if you've been naughty or nice. And yeah. if you've been nice, you're not coming in. <laughs> exactly. You've got to be naughty. Take, take a height code, Jack. <laughs> 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 Do you know that for the Simpsons? Who is that, that bold person? It's like, <laughs> take a high go, Jack. And kicks a chair. She goes, ah! <laughs> I don't know where that's come from, but that used to kill me as a kid. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Where, who is that? It's like a bold woman who like worked on like a telephone thing. Oh. And Homer kicks her in the uh, kicks her. Because he calls her Koja because she's bold. Is it not um, the one where he is going into the U2 concert? Yeah. Potato man, and then he comes in and like, hey, you're not the potato, um, or something like, no. He says, you're not the potato man. He goes upstairs to like the sound studio, just starts pressing buttons. And she's like, what are you doing? So take high Kojak. <laughs> and you just hear a scream, and then like, <laughs> hit, hit a window or something. Oh, I know you kids love your rock and rockets, but there's something else you care about too. The race for sanitation commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> no, Homer's talking about waste management. That affects the whole damn planet. <laughs> um, I, just, I love, I think it's Steve Martin in that one, his speech at the end. He's like, um, no, I'm not one for speeches, but um, it's so gratifying to see you wallowing in the mess you've made. Thank you. Thank you're, you. Screwed. you're screwed. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, up. You're right. He bum, ain't bum, much fun for speeches. <laughs> um, all that remains is to play Who's Crazy Anyway before we go to listen to mail. I, Who? I'm genuinely Sorry, never, I've never seen Sanford and Son, but I know it from that. I'm right. bum, bum, <laughs> Who says Barstool? Barstool. Barstool. Okay, I'm going to go with a quick answer on this one. Mm-hmm. I feel like Niles, when he sees Daphne at the end, says, oh, I was on that Barstool when I met Adele. So you're going for Niles? Yeah, I'm going to go straight off the hand. I'm not even thinking about this one. Just absolute instinct. I think it's Niles. You have fallen into the trap that I wanted you to fall into. No! No, Mr. Simpson. No, Mr. Simpson. What? Put it another way. Yes. Basically, when Daphne is telling them when she first met Rodney, she's on about Roz just spun me around on my bar stool and there he was. Oh. In the last scene, um, I think Daphne just says, you're sitting on the stool um, that Daphne uh, that, that Rodney was on. And then he says, oh, and, you're, and Adele was sitting here or on that seat. But bar stool, I think, only got used the once and it was in the earlier. It was wow. Um, sorry, Key. You fell right into my trap. I am like, was it King Griffey Jr. who fell into the hole? Oh no, not oh, he. Oh, yeah. is he? You no, know, Ken's only has the gigantism. Yeah. Um, um, Mike Sosha. No, he has the. Is it Jose Canseco? No, is it Jose Canseco not the one who has to keep getting all the stuff out the house, or is that? No, I thought it was someone else. Is it Ozzy Smith? Oh, it's Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith. Because the, the players is the one who uh, gets arrested, isn't it? Yes. A lot of uncrubs, uh, unsolved crimes in New York City. <laughs> you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, would sexy you boy? <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't know when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Shall we jump over to Listen to Mal? Okay. Well, let's do it, mate. Raz, who's our next caller? So, Listen to Mal this week. Quite a few responses. Um, quite a few long ones as well, which I apologise for. We may have to abridge some of these because we've been beset behind the scenes today with some technical glitches. Um, so we have been sitting at the uh, on Zoom for quite a while. Um, 
where are we? Sydney Ass Basket puts a willing key. A Crane's critique is not in my own top 10, but a decent episode. It has a certain warmth to it. After seeing a celebrity in person, it reminds me of the episode of the UK sitcom Father Ted, where Dougal and Ted see Richard Wilson, who plays Victor Maldry, one of my favourite sitcoms, One Foot in the Grave. They decide to approach him and say his infamous catchphrase, I don't believe it. It doesn't end well. I, however, have approached a famous idol of mine and it paid off. I was in South End on the same day as my favourite ska punk band happened to be playing a show. A show there all the way from florida where i saw where I, well i saw sorry bassist and singer roger from the band less than jake and said to my girlfriend look it's roger and before i knew it i was walking towards him and i literally said hi roger and he was such a nice guy he was looking at candy floss which was making him laugh as americans call it cotton candy while he gave me his phone so i could take a picture of him with a sign saying candy floss then we chatted and had a photo taken together best part of this is he asked if i was going to the show and i explained how i hadn't got any tickets Long story short, he put our boy Sydney nice. on the guest list, um, which is just unbelievable. And he also is a massive collector of pears, and uh, Sydney gave him some pears. And he tweeted that evening after the show uh, to thank him, um, which I just think is so, so freaking lovely. Also, just a shout out, I think I've spoken to about Steve about this before. Um, I also love Less Than Jake. Um, huge, huge fan. Um, I first heard them from the soundtrack to Tony Hawk's Underground 2, one of my favourite ever PS2 games. Um, there you go. Beautiful I, story. One thing I love from Sydney's car, one, I'd say uh, Victor Meldrum, um, or Richard Wilson, um, hates the line, I don't believe it. So you go see him, don't say it to him. He hates it. Really? With a passion. You have to, um, he doesn't say it on TV now at all. Like, the only time I think he does it is for charity and stuff. He, Jesus. he really grew to detest that line. I've never watched One Foot in the Grave. Anytime I've seen bits of it, I was just, I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's aged particularly well. Mm. Um, or maybe, I'm, I'm with you. I've seen like, I really like Richard Wilson as an actor. So I would think I would love it. But um when I've seen an episode or two, it's never really resonated with me. I'm quite um, weird and selective when it comes to British sitcoms, to be honest. Like it's it's my own fault more than anything. But but I love the points Sydney makes here. Um, and lastly, about initials, Johnny Cash has a really interesting story behind his name. His real name is J R Cash, but the J and the R don't stand for anything. His his first name is literally J R. Um, I love that. Changed it. They changed it because they were worried he'd get shot. <laughs> that's a Dallas joke if anyone's nice, no, nice. Okay, I like that a lot uh, he enrolled in the army and they said son you can't have initials for names so he called himself Johnny that's so cool I just love the the army sergeant I can just picture him in my head going, son you can't have initials for a name <laughs> come right. on son oh these kids today and their initials for names I'd love to have a son called JR this is a great name honestly oh okay uh, I will go next comment. So I think this is great. This is great. Nice. Uh, excellent episode. I wanted to touch on the Babe Ruth bit. They're a born and bred Red Sox fan. It is true that the Red Sox owner, Harry Freezy, sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees to fund the Broadway, to, I mean, maybe Broadway, musical No No Nanette. Um, it proved to be one of history books as he's regarded as one of, if not the best player in the history of the game. Um, one repeated championships, batting titles, MVPs, league records. Um, it also started a 86-year championship drought for the Boston Red Sox, and that's how the curse of the Bambino was born. Um, New York fans taunted Boston fans for generations, 
arguably still one of the best laws in all of sports. That is sick. Am I right in thinking the, the Boston Red Sox finally broke their dragon around like 2005 or so? And it was like such a big thing, like the, the Red Sox finally won a World Series or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't be able to say, um, but yeah, the, the any the, any kind of equivalent to that is, I know the Cubs won um, in kind of the last five five or so years. And obviously that was, that was massive. And I think it was like predicted in like Back to the Future 2 or something. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, other than the Red Sox, I'm right thinking was it was it the Chicago Black Sox in the 20s who got done in the cheating scandal? I don't know. I've or only is... heard of the White Sox. Oh, I thought the White Sox became known as the Black Sox after they got done for cheating, or is that a different thing? I think they're still the White Sox. Okay, there was a Black. Maybe Sox. they were maybe they were Black Sox and they're now the White Sox. Um, because know. I'm sure that's where the famous line "Say it ain't so, Joe" comes from. Like you had know, oh. say it ain't so, Joe. Are they referring to not to Joe DiMaggio? I thought it. Oh, I always thought it was like was it like Shoeless Joe Jackson who was oh. in the Black Sox scandal? Wow! And like, it said that like a kid came out and saw him and said, "Say it ain't so, Joe," and he just walked off or something. That oh yeah, the Black Sox scandal. Here we are, and yeah. it was eight members of the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Um. So oh man. And I think that they were like. I um I have a feeling there was like this guy who is like really into um like statistics and analysis and stuff like that. And he I think he's basically what you know Moneyball and the the whole like statistics around sport these days came from this one like um this one guy who was really into it. And he basically worked out from his statistics that um it was clear that they were fixing the match. And, Jeez. and yeah. That's some good uh, stuff, there's man. A really, really interesting article I read about it recently, which is mm. I know about that. But yeah, Shoeless Joe Jackson. I think that's where the phrase "say ain't so Joe" comes from. From that, good that stuff. Sorry, next. Um, yeah, they they just they conclude with um, the longest recorded match in league history, 1984, between the Chicago White Sox and the Milwaukee Brewers. It lasted eight hours and six minutes, and had to be completed in a span of two days. Mm. They're very, very much like Test cricket, to be honest. Yeah, um, I want it. Yeah. Um, it always reminds me. Whenever something goes on that long, it reminds me of um, John Isner and Nicholas Mahout at uh, Wimbledon. Honestly, if people don't know that, was that about eighty something hours? It went on ages, didn't it? Days and days. I love. Um, there's actually a song about it. Like Isner and Mahout, they played all day, played until the sun went down. Isner and Mahout played three days straight, um, or something like that. Yeah, it's a good song. It's quite catchy. Just, it literally it's... reads out the entire scores of every set as part of the song. Oh my god. Um, just six, mental. Four, three, six, six, seven, seven, six, seven, eight, oh my god! Decent or song, mate. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it just basically needs reform at Wimbledon. I mean, like, Isna was just like, "This is ridiculous. This can't happen again." You yeah. know, stop your awful final set tie and break, no tie break rule. Certainly, I think he certainly went out in the next round. I think fairly comfortably because he was yeah. that exhausted from. This is not again. fair, is it? You know, and I, I'd love Isna. Um. Sean Canada says, hello, Will and Key. Key, I actually listened to more than five episodes, so now I can call you by your name, lol. You boys have made me do quite a shuffle in my life. I've started a rewatch where you guys are, so I can keep up with you week to week, and I'm peppering in some other episodes so I can catch up on all the previous ones. I've also started my top ten list. I'm so bummed that I missed the last live episode, but I'm looking forward to the next one. I work as a finishing handyman, so I work by myself a lot, and it's awesome to have your podcast to listen to. So excited to be joining all this fun. I might have a question later about Kendi Bird, Lol. But for now, keep up the great work. 
And off I go. Perfect. Thank you, Sean. And yes, I cannot wait for the next live episode, which will be at the end of this season. So a good, you know, 16, 17 weeks away. Um, but, you know, it's coming. Uh, next up, we've got Blue in the North. He says, hey, well, and Key. It's been a long time since I've written in. Rest assured, I've listened to every single episode and loved them all. Um, they know that they are, uh, by day, a CPA. And I know that is an accountant from the Bowling for Soup song. Husband's a CPA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's exactly what I thought of. <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, but by night, I'm an improviser. I teach improv classes for adults, and I perform with a troupe that does long-form shows. We don't do games like Who's Line, but rather we perform long scenes and entire plays that are improvised. Um, I've mentioned in the comments before that I've been dreaming of getting some diehard Frasier fans who like to improvise together to put together an improvised Frasier show. Uh, maybe if you read my comments on air, you can help me find my people. I think I would play Daphne, but I look a lot more like Roz. Mm. I think that's a great idea. I think, you know, certainly I think we'd both be... Uh, oh, if we can help yeah. get some people yeah. to that troupe, then my God, I've done my job on this earth. Yeah, so if anyone is interested at all, um, either... If by Reddit, contact Blue in the North. Or if you want to come through us and we can pass it on, um, but that sounds like an absolutely fantastic idea. Hell yeah. Um, as her favorite author is um, Ken Follett, uh, Pillars of the Earth, World Without End, uh, Fall of Giants are incredible. I read one of Ken, but I think it was Pillars of the Earth I read, and um, it's the one the main character is a priest. I have I have um, it literally above me on the shelf. And the son of the, the, the bad guy in that art, oh, he. He's a piece of work. Oh, no spoilers! But is it, did you read the whole book? Did you? Or did you? Was it not for you? It's quite long. It is quite long. I really liked it. Actually. Oh, sick! You've got you read I've, it all. I've read it all. I've never read any of his works since. I've heard uh, the Pillars of the Earth is really good, so I'm looking forward but, to reading it. Um, yeah, didn't really. If that's the one I read, it could well be that it's about like the building of a cathedral. That's the one I read. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really, really, really good. But the the bad guy, oh, bad, but Real the good guy. Good. Uh, that's what you want, isn't it? You know, I want my good guys good, my bad guys bad. So, um, yeah. you know, I nearly quoted the Simpsons then, but it was always, it was going to be slightly offensive, so I'm not going to say it. Um, right, sorry. I just realised yeah. I know I know the quote you're going to do. Uh, yeah, right. Well, flaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll move on. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Blue in the North. Recklier puts mixed doubles. So much to say. So little space. A brilliant episode that moves the Niles and Daphne plot along. Goodbye, Joe. We hardly knew ye. Speaking of Joe, the reasoning for dumping Daphne was a bit dickish, don't you think? Well, I mean, what what is his reasoning? Just a bit on and off again for a while. Yeah, I think basically he feels the relationship isn't going anywhere. I don't um, know. I don't think that's dickish, um, personally. But I mean, you know. Maybe Daphne makes it seem that way because she's she like uses potatoes as an allegory. It, 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 it makes it it makes it like he's done it over something very trivial. But I mean, I think the reason for like that reason for breaking something off is very valid. Yeah, I feel that if he's dumped her over the potatoes, that is dickish. Yeah, like Roz and the guy who's like pass me the honey or whatever. <laughs> guy, yeah, he doesn't like anything sticky. Okay. <laughs> um, but if he if he if he, if the potatoes are just a reveal something underlying not necessarily mm. i'll love him and leave him joe oh, love him and leave him mash um <laughs> loved how niles tried to comfort daphne but failed loved how Roz knew she'd been dumped and especially love that beautiful ending p.s little did we know that the rodney and dal hookup would repeat itself for a certain couple i feel very ignorant there Reckly, I, I apologize i i thought that that was going to be like 
is it not a reference like Niles and Daphne? Oh, it's maybe. Like those types getting together and it repeats itself to them. Oh, okay. That might, yeah, very That's true. how I'd read it. But that I makes sense. That makes wrong. sense. Um, no, very good. Very good. Did we ask Reckless trivia? We did. We did. We did. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, next up we've got Hammy um, who says lads of course the bar you set for these podcast episodes are fantastic and continues to be raised lovely oh, <laughs> oh thank you I'm sure that there is half our fan base who think that we've completely made up Hammy and uh, like, <laughs> me and you are just writing like nice comments to each other every week <laughs> um, right not much this week apart from two things one is a statement and the other a question for Key one I am on team Carol and absolutely love a good lamp Mm. I have a total of at least five in my house, but I'm pretty sure I have more stashed away. So, Will, I'll get you back. I'll oh, get yeah. You back. Love that. Um, Key, what do we need to convince you to do to become a lamp person? Just imagine sitting in front of Fraser um, with your blanket, not slippers, right? Uh, next to a mood setting light emitted from a side table. Um, I think I think maybe the, the problem is, is I've never had a good lamp. Mm. That's That might be what it is. The lampshade's important, Key. Yeah, I always feel like I'm a cheap lamp guy, and that's ah. dissuaded me from lamps. You can never skimp on your lamps, Key, yeah. honestly. <laughs> you can never skimp. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like that is a phrase you can also hear in a gym and not know what it means. Like, you can't <laughs> skimp on the lamp, son. Can't okay? skimp on the lamp. <laughs> um, um, is that everything for Camry? Yeah, uh, peace, and as always, up the villa. Mm, I actually have something to read related to up the villa from our Twitter page, which I'll read out in a minute. Uh, MK puts back in California and so very happy that the We're Listening family can travel so well. Just to check back in after some episodes, I'm so sorry, but I'm afraid I'm on side blankets. Yes. I expect and have slippers, but I further appreciate. <laughs> the flexibility of the blanket lamp versus main light really depends on the activity and the weather relaxing watching tv on a cool windy night lamp board game on a hot summer's evening main light personally like a hot summer's evening the main light scares me to death because one <laughs> be all hotter and two i'm just inviting every creature into the into the house but on the flip side i mean relaxing watch tv on a cool windy night do you not want it to be all like dark and you're cuddled up with a blanket and it's all cozy. Yep. Why don't you leave the blanket alone? <laughs> okay, you got your person here. Okay, you're preaching to the converted. Um, trivia and fun bits for mixed doubles. Nas dates Adele and later Mel. He seems to have a thing for the L sound. Ah, I, I like that. I he like loves that, I like a that. mademoiselle. Oh, cheeky sword. (laughs) I think first um, active use of the telescope since season one, episode five. Here's looking at you, which is what we spoke about earlier. Again, simpatico. The final conversation between Daphne and Nars this episode has always struck me as odd, given that she's asking for things he might say if he were interested. And his replies are not all that dissimilar from the things he said during Moondance. I always felt like it would literally cause a light bulb to go off over her head. He's very true here and exactly key what you were saying. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Is just, asking things in a leading way. I, I get if someone said that to me, I would think that they wanted me to hit on them. I'm going to be honest, mm. and then I'd probably just go, I am hi. I'd say, How about them Red Sox? Uh, <laughs> How about that Shoeless Joe? Yeah, so <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, sorry, is that is that everything for Yeah, that was everything for them. Yeah, uh, next up, we got Kid Kabar who says, Hey, one and Kate. Okay, now I okay. Is it a Patrice? Patrice? Oh, I, I think I think. How it's do just... we say it first time round? I forgot because he said we said it right first time round. I can't remember how we pronounce it. First I, I, time th- I think it's literally Patrick. Oh, it is Patrick. Yeah, yeah it's Patrick, okay. not P- <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm panicked. No. Like, yes, you got my name right, and then I panicked that. Oh no, we got it right first time. I'm going to get it wrong second time. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. 
Hey, well then, Kitty, my name, this is me just prompting Will to cut my mistake. Um, hey, well then, Kitty, uh, my name is Patrick. I, I commented a while back, and when you read my comments, I just wanted to mention that you did pronounce my name correctly. It's Patrick without a K in the traditional spelling. Um, I, I finally that. caught up with all your episodes now, and I'm able to listen every week. Um, also, loved a bit how about everybody loves Raymond and how Will called Raymond a whiny little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like me, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So so thankful for this podcast and all the hard work you put into it. Uh, The conversation is always so genuine and I always find myself laughing so hard. Looking forward to many more episodes. Off I go. Oh, what a lovely comment. It was me. If I'd have had an extra half an hour this morning, I was going to watch an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. And then there's Will's slightly different take on the <laughs> No, I, I would I would watch it in a, in a, in, a, in a cinch. You know, I'd, I'd put I put an episode of old uh, ELR. Um, that's what we call it in, in the clink. Um, Emmanuel Seller, our final final comment today. But hey, guys, great episode always. I have a suggestion for Will, given his affinity for literary themes. There's a movie called Arrival, directed by the currently much ballyhoo director Denis Villeneuve. I am a huge fan of Arrival. I've um, seen it. Great film. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I'm a big, big fan of, of Villeneuve's film. I've not seen Dune oh, yet. Oh, I've seen um, Dune. What did you think? Love. I liked it. I I, I have it. a feeling if I see it in the cinema, it's going to be incredible spectacle wise. But it yep. looked like it might be a little bit cold emotionally. Um, it's slow. Mm. Um, I, I won't say too. Much. I mean, I don't know how you know, how much you know about how the director has clearly gone about doing it. Um, I mean, I know there's going to be there's a there's a part two coming. Yeah, he's yeah. That's what I was trying to yeah, get at. Yeah, is yeah. that he has basically written it purely the part one to set it up first, really. Right. Okay. Um. So it's quite slow, but it, I'll tell you now, it's about two and a half hours, but it kept my interest all the way through. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm hearing mostly good things rather than yeah. others, I. So. I liked. I was a little nervous of seeing it because I thought, oh, I'm, I really don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Mm. Um, but I, I really liked it. I would recommend. And I know Shan liked it as well, and she's never read the book, so... Neither have I, and I'm kind of like... Although the will-building appeals to me, I don't know if I can be asked. Um, yeah, and the only thing is, I just don't know... I've heard that the last later books are not as good as the first Oh, one. man. People are like, don't touch anything after the first one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, I like... I've seen, I think, pretty much every Villeneuve film um, other than June. Um Blade Runner again, spect- spectacular in visuals, but quite unfeeling and cold emotionally. Yeah, I've tried um, to watch Blade Runner a couple of times. Since is this never... the, the new one or the original? Yeah, yeah the, the new one. Yeah. yeah, and I've never really managed to get into it at all. Um, I mean, I, this is kind of blasphemous because I probably haven't. I've just not been in the right mood. But I mean, I like the first one, but I've never been like on the floor jaw dropped about I the first one. I absolutely do not understand the uh, people adoration. go mad for the first one. Yeah, I think it's very like it looks amazing for its time. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like the plot, I could I could barely tell you what the plot is. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening at any one time. It's very hard to follow, at least it is for me. But maybe I'm I'm speaking unfairly because it's just been a long time since I've seen it. But um, a nice little observation here is that um, 
when Nile sits down with Daphne at the bar, he tells the bartender to bring him another one of this, referring to what Daphne's had. Uh, and there's a couple of instances, uh, Emmanuel Seller notes, where Fraser and Niles are having a tender moment with someone at the bar, where they do that and they're not being their usual fussy selves. They just tell the bartender to bring whatever the other person's having. And they write, I've always seen this as a very endearing trait. They are very aware about what the other person needs in the moment and willing to put themselves aside. And I just think that's a really nice observation. That is a really beautiful. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's so kind, nice. Yeah. You didn't necessarily pick up on. So I think that's I really really like that yeah. It's, really it's nice. exactly the kind of thing we love to uh, we love to throw you know we love to find on this episode uh, on this podcast. Sorry. Um, oh, they, they also have a trivia question which I've just I've just seen. I'd also like to throw my hat into the trivia playing service when Nas is hosting Fraser's show at KSCL. How many pencils are on the pencil holder at Ross's desk? This must be for last ep. Um, no, what ep would this have been? It must it must be possible um, dream. No head game. Sorry, head game. Yeah. Um, how many pencils oh there's, there's no answer um i mean let's should we both take a stab at it I'm gonna, I'm gonna say five next i was gonna say five i'm gonna say four okay there we go okay so um just and it's just this is just purely a clerical thing but it might be easier anyone who ever does want to send trivia just reply to uh to hamish which is cam winston or Corey mischief knight because they have a facebook group where everyone who writes trivia is involved and they kind of allocate them all and then if they're all in those two posts we definitely won't miss anything um so if you do want to post something try and uh, send it to them and that will that'll keep things nice and neat um but thank you ev- Sarah, if you could let us know for next episode, yes, please. Uh, who who is either was right or yeah? How how many pencils were in the pencil holder? Please don't keep us in the dark. I should also say sorry. Someone called Ellen fifty five responded to us on Twitter, and their yep. their Twitter picture is um I, I don't think it's Ryan Kent, but it's a Rangers player, and they put guys really enjoying the podcast. Only on episode thirty eight, however, so still catching up been a huge fan of Frasier for many years and enjoy hearing your thoughts on all the episodes however I may have to stop listening for a while in light of recent football news being a Rangers fan oh. then they responded not sure I can stomach hearing up the villa for a few days crying emoji genuinely hope Gerard does well for you he turned our club from a basket case to champions in three years and will be forever grateful good luck and keep up the great work on the podcast guys I mean oh. Key and I probably share similar thoughts here the jury is still out on what's going to happen. It's a gamble. Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest. It, and I, it sounds, I really hate it when a fan of a club who's just taken something that you want loved says, oh, I didn't really want it anyway. But I'm going to be honest, I didn't really want Stephen Gerrard. I think mm. as well as he did at Rangers and on the pitch, obviously did fantastically well. He did spend a lot of money by SPL and standards. he only won one trophy nine then, times of asking. And then has, has left straight away. Mm. Um. So I'm not convinced. I'm not sure. Like when I used to see interviews with him, um, not necessarily so much when they were winning, but like towards the start when uh, he first joined, I found him very prickly and constantly blaming the players, despite the fact they had quite a high turnover of squad and a lot of money was being spent. Um, That might be unfair. Maybe that's just me taking a couple of clips in isolation, but I'm just not convinced. He's not the man I'd have chosen. Mm. And if someone had offered, as much as I was someone who thought the time had come for Dean Smith to leave, um, if you'd offered me Dean Smith or Stephen Gerrard, I probably would have stayed with Dino. Um, I think for me at the moment, it doesn't feel like a step back or forward. It feels slightly sideways. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. a smidge, a smidge forward diagonally. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, what I'm nervous about is that he's been offered loads of, like, to spend a load of money and the youth which, are just going to get pushed to one side and Chuck Maker 
and uh, Philogy for Jace, the Ramsey brothers, Archer are just not going to be able to give it, not, not going to get the chance. What I'm hoping though is because before he got the Rangers job, obviously he got his, he cut his chops there and he, he's, they've done they've done pretty well in terms of youth. So I, I, I'm hoping that mentality will, will stick with him because. Did he bring anyone through at Rangers? Uh, I mean, Ryan Kent came from Liverpool, I think. Um, yeah, but did he bring anyone to Rangers' own youth academy? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was there three years. He, I mean, it's probably long enough to to do something. Yeah. Um, I mean, whereas for us, you know, there's rumours that Chuck Romake is not going to sign a new deal unless he gets playing time. I don't think we can afford to let him leave. I think he's that good a young talent that he should be given time. Um, yeah, Ramsey's really starting to flourish this season. I'd like to see more of Philogene Bedace. If wingers aren't stepping up, I think he's done well whenever he's been called upon. Mm-hmm. Cameron Archer's done fantastically whenever he's been called upon. So, you know, I, I hope he doesn't stunt their growth. And we're not in a situation that we have been previously where we're talking about our, our fantastic youth academy and all getting very excited about youth talent and then they just let go and they're out to flourish elsewhere because we've not been patient enough. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a, a period of transition for Villa. So we will see. Also, we're happens. always in a period of transition. And, uh, yeah, the biggest cliche. But um, thank you, Ellen, for getting in touch with us. Um, I might be L. I don't know. I don't quite know your name. Um, next week it will be a Lilith Thanksgiving, um, which I really enjoy. Um, really, really love this episode. Marbury, thanks if you're interested. Um, and it is around Thanksgiving time now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a lot of people loving this. Um, actually, because this episode that you're listening to right now, listeners, will be coming out like a week later than maybe you're expecting it. So this episode is going to come out on the 21st, which means, oh my God. Will it land on Thanksgiving? What? Thanksgiving 2021. Oh no, sorry. Thanksgiving's Thursday the 25th, and we're gonna be this is gonna come out on the, the a little Thanksgiving will come out on the 28th, so three days okay. after Thanksgiving, but still pretty I mean, freaky pretty close. close. And I suppose that you don't necessarily want to release it on Thanksgiving because no one's sitting there at Thanksgiving doing it. Sorry, 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 Nada. Um I, I'm, I'm tempted, part of me is tempted to try and edit it and get it out for that day just to you see, just to see if people yeah, want so it. You know, but I agree thanks, with you. A Thanksgiving treat to our American listeners. There you go. So we will see. Um, but either way, an absolute pleasure as always, Key, this week, yeah. um, to discuss mixed doubles with you. Um, as always, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.